Welcome into the Fairweather Podcast, where we discuss all things San Diego Loyal Soccer Club. The Fairweather Podcast is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> hey. Welcome back. How are you doing? I'm back and I'm alive and that's good. So those are two excellent yeah. things. How about you? Two How excellent are you? Things. Good. Um, I don't like that it's hot again. Like I think I thought we figured that thing out, and now it's just right. like nope, nope, we're gonna be warm again, but whatever, it's fine, it's fine. Yeah. It's at least we're not in like I don't know, places where things are burning and you know, yeah. unsafe conditions and like True. I'm happy where I am. I'm fortunate where I am. So again, that positive energy, that positive mm-hmm. framing is always important. Um, For sure. I mean the Padres. I mean the Padres didn't do too well against the Niners, but they've they're like yeah. okay. I've been meaning to say this, mm-hmm. but now that they lost two in a row, so I was thinking about switching from Fubo to YouTube because I can't watch Padre games live. Okay. But right. I don't want to switch over and start watching Padres games live because if I do, I feel they'll start losing. So I mm. haven't watched the Padres live once this year. And it like hurts me so much and I want to watch it. But like <laughs> I'm a little bit superstitious that like if I switch over and they go on a losing streak, it's my fault. Yes. No, I understand that completely. Um I got an, I don't know if I told you this last time, I got an AM FM radio so I could listen to them in my room and like in the backyard and because I don't have to be in front of my TV. And I feel so 90s, but it feels awesome because it's warm and I get to listen to the the game outside. That's that's not a bad shout. Maybe I can figure out a way of listening to like old school radio Mm -hmm. and like I can sit on the ground and stare at the radio like they used to do back in way back in the day. and Right. Um, you know, are we dating ourselves? I think we are. Oh, well, I mean, I never did that, but I, I mean, I've seen pictures, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. no, I mean, that's not a bad idea. I, I, I've watched highlights a lot. Like I know that they're playing exciting baseball and there's mm-hmm. kind of a buzz around San Diego lately. Um, and I kind of don't hate it. Like I don't yeah. hate that. There's a little bit of swagger going on in San Diego right now. Um, <laughs> And we'll get into the reasons why Loyal's a little bit swagger right now. But um, <laughs> so some interesting league news. Um, Oakland Roots are yes. going to be part of USL. Like, I don't know if you're excited about this. Um, from a branding perspective, right. that's really cool. Like, right. I like their branding. Uh, you know, we can now, you know, kind of like take it all in and and enjoy what they put out in terms of a brand. Um from the league's perspective, I understand why a lot of people, and shout out to um, Dan at Protagonist Soccer, uh, Protagonist Pods. He's like really upset. <laughs> He's like really, really upset because it feels like, you know, they went to a higher league and he's very like pro, like lower, lower league soccer. So, but I don't know. I mean, does that add more competition to us? What do you think? I mean, I think it, I think it does. I think there's some good players on that team right now. I think they're set mm-hmm. up for success. Um, I think they're going to look at, you know, things that New Mexico and El Paso did last year. Uh, Miami moving up. Um, I mean, I think even Tampa Bay Rowdies did it way back in the day. 
I get mm-hmm. like why lower league people are, are upset. Like I get it, but then you also can't fault a team for moving into what seems to be a little bit more stable environment. Um, right. And and I'm not never going to fault local soccer teams for doing what they think is best for them while continuing to play soccer. Right. Um, there are some pretty cool interviews coming out on the USL show. There's one out today, I believe, and one coming out later. And it's really about like the thing that I like is it's community based. It's like super Oakland and mm-hmm. they have this like Oakland identity. Mm-hmm. And it's similar to what or, what San Diego has been doing with trying to tap into the nature of the community. But I think mm-hmm. with Oakland, like I'm excited for them to continue to push the league to be more outspoken about their local communities and their players and mm-hmm. the needs of their community. Right. And I'm excited to see what Oakland does, not only for branding, but also for off the field opportunities that they're going to bring in. Um, yeah, so. I mean, they lost a big, big, big sports organization this year. Um, and I don't know if there's any crossover in terms of how they can help the community. But I know that that was one of the big things that a lot of my friends who are Raider fans, surprisingly, have Raider fan friends. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we became friends like because of we were both losing our teams, right? So um but they, that was one of the big things. Like the Raiders gave back a lot to the community. So maybe Oakland Root steps in in this place. And I know it's a different sport, but you're right. Like the community aspect of USL, I think it will really benefit um the lo- the locals of haha, <laughs> see where I did that. Uh the locals of Oakland. <laughs> so yeah, I think, I think yeah. it'll be good. <laughs> and then from a branding perspective, they're just like killing it. And they're oh, like, right. they're way less gimmicky than like a Ford Madison. And I love mm-hmm. some of those gimmicks. Like I'll eat up some of those gimmicks, but it's like, mm-hmm. it, it's like if you see me rocking an Oakland Roots something or other, it's not because I'm supporting them as a team, but mm-hmm. they have some awesome stuff. Speaking um, of supporting local soccer. Yes. Um, I do have to talk about this because my my guy Hector Bellerin, he um, you know is obviously an Arsenal player. He's now like a an a owner or I don't know the the term of a local like I forgot what league they're in, but they're in the lower league of in English soccer. And the reason why he bought into them was because they're they're like one hundred percent or they they've they've do things like with sustainability in mind. So like a lot of their stuff is like green and eco-friendly and stuff like that. And I'm like, dude, this guy is like one playing good on the field. And now he's like really investing in like, that's what his true mission is. So, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I went to their site and I like their gear and I bought a sweatshirt because of that. So it's like, Oh, it's on the way. I think it landed in LA today. So maybe I'll, Maybe I'll rock it when it cools off here in San Diego, but I'm really excited. Like, I feel like, you know, the the exposure we have to lower leagues and different brands and the missions that they support is what I'm here for. You know what I mean? Like, it's not yeah. just local support. I mean, which I love, um, but I think it, it does open up the opportunity to support this game worldwide and yeah. open up a conversation about stuff like important topics like sustainability and all that for sure i'm all about teams having messages and Mm -hmm. being about the community they're in um some other news uh team of the week um we haven't had a loyal player in team of the week for a little bit because there was a 
like three games that we won't speak about anymore. Uh, but Elijah <laughs> Martin getting his due, um, well oh, deserved, finally. right? That's like awesome. Um, Alejandro Guido, obviously, um, this came out right after the Orange County match. Uh, so not only his play against Los Los Dos, but also his play uh, Orange County. And we're going to talk about those in a second. But um, they're both on Team of the Week, um, and Miguel Berry is was named on the bench. So three loyal players. Yeah. I mean, they deserve it. Yeah. It's been (laughs) Elijah Martin has been one of the better performing guys on the team. Um, I think Mm -hmm. if you look at kind of a core um, group of people that kind of establish what the vibe of the team is and the character of the team, uh, mm-hmm. Elijah Martin would definitely make that if you're making a list of those players that like these are the guys that exemplify what it means to be a loyal player. And Elijah Martin is definitely one of those. Um, yeah, his positivity and positive energy off the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I mean, just a joy of a human being. Uh, but then on the field, just his tenacity, like watching him play, like he just goes at it, and it is so fun to watch. And usually, defenders aren't like that enjoyable to watch. It's like Usually you're yelling at them because they made a mistake, but mm-hmm. we have some defenders that are out there just balling, and it is so fun. So congratulations to Elijah Martin, Alejandro Guido, and Miguel Berry. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I wasn't. I, I think it's funny sometimes when Elijah's like, "Oh, that that stop that he did in the in the OC match, like on the goal line stop." I was like, "Yes," but he's like so short and like, but still very impactful on the team. Like you feel like someone that short and like you don't peg them for someone that's going to be really uh, instrumental in the defense of the game. And he was there. So I'm glad and he deserves it. So congrats. yeah, if you check out, if you check out the highlight of that goal line clearance, like as mm-hmm. soon as the save goes over, you see him watch the ball and then make that calculation. And it wasn't even a hesitation. He just beeline to that post and if he's not there, that's a goal. And we were talking about a much different game in Orange County. Right. Um, so congratulations to the three of them. Uh, fantastic play. Um, we've had a chance to. Uh, it's it's Brew. He's like Brew just barks at like life in general. Um, it could be your shirt though, like talking it shirt. Could be, it could be my my locals pride shirt. Um, yeah, it was. Um, well deserved by those three um there's i mean i could have named like four or five that probably could have made team of the week um such a great week for los do or for um i'm reading ahead for san diego yeah. this week um yeah. so we didn't get a chance we talked right before the los dos game uh, and carson yes. came on and was able to talk to us about this Hi, um, i did not i did not see this coming i did not see three nil san diego like yeah. I think I re- if you asked for like 10 predictions, I would never have come up with 3 0. Right. Yeah. I think I was um I was working actually another event and I was getting the notifications and I was like, oh my, oh my, yes, like this is like all they made the impact like right away on the team. And I was just like, oh, this is what we needed. Like I'm sure it felt really good to like watch it live. I wasn't able to watch it live, but Actually, you know, I think I caught like the last last part of it um, after my event was over. But man, what a game! And to come away also with a clean sheet was perfect for 
for us to build confidence and take us into, you know, the next match, obviously it carried over, but do you want to talk about anything specific about that Los Dos match? Um, yeah. I've a couple things is I missed the first goal because I was still getting set up <laughs> and I was like, Oh snap, the game's starting. I got to get it on. And I turned it on and I literally like, I turned it on and then it was like, Holy yeah. crap, they're already up 1-0. I missed a goal. And my wife's like, sorry. Because we were like doing some work around the um around the house. But I mean, to keep a team to like, I think it was one shot on target for a team that scores like over a goal and a half per game. Like Los Dos scores goals. They give up goals like crazy. Their mm-hmm. goal differential is negative two, but they've scored 22. That's the second most in the group. Uh they've given up 24. But mm-hmm. I think that was the thing that stood out to me the most. It wasn't um, Carson. God forbid I get credit for predicting a Ruby, a Rubio Rubin goal. Um, I mean, that's, I mean, it's not like exactly going out on a limb there, Carson. Um, no, but it is, it was nice to see all, a lot of the new guys make an impact in that game. It was like immediate. Yeah. That this team is different. Um, right. I mean, it's not like low Dose is out there scoring like crazy amounts of goals. But in the Western Conference, one, two, three, four, they're fifth place in goal scored. So you're looking at holding a team that is the fifth highest scoring team in the Western Conference to one shot on target. Yeah. That's pretty darn good. Yeah. Um, and then on the flip side, just the offensive output, like this team is playing with Rubin, with Barry, um, and I would – I would say Guido, like I talked to Cesar Hernandez and he was like, Guido's the best signing of those three. And I know Rubin is like the sexy one. Um, I said that loyal would never score. Um, (laughs) um, But to get a three goal game was, was kind of a big deal for loyal. Um, We'd gone through such a tough time, no goals against orange County up until uh, when our Sunday night's match um and scoring two goals in three games. They listened to us. They listened to us when we kept Finally. asking. Finally. <laughs> um I, I thought that game was kind of the most complete game. Like I thought that they probably played better in LA than they did against Orange County. Um it's except for maybe like the first third of the second half this was very much a loyal match. Like LA had a little bit of good buildup in um, right after the second half till um, maybe like the 60th minute, 65th minute. And, and then they get that red, the double yellow and the red card. And then loyal, it was just them all the way out. Um, and they didn't have to score again. Um, I think that was the other part is you can tell that getting that early goal was a huge boost. There were so many good players. Guido was so good that match. Miguel Berry was really good. Uh, Rubio Rubin looked good. Um, the back line was fantastic. Um, Tarek Morad has stepped in. Like I said this on, I think it was, was it Orange County? That's like, we're not really missing Joe Greenspan, which is weird to say. Like, when Joe Greenspan goes down, you're like, uh-oh. Yeah. But... Um, just imagine if Joe Greenspan's in there, like how much better that backline is, mm-hmm. and it's still a really solid defensive team. Yeah. Um, did mean, you John see? 
Anything from, I mean, you said that Los Dos versus, like, the Los Dos game versus Orange County, Los Dos was more complete in your in your eyes. What what do you think is, like, the one thing that they missed or could they have missed? Did they miss anything, like, from your um, perspective? I, I think for, like, the Los Dos match, I think it, the, the team um, had a more complete game. And was able to do what they wanted to for larger portions. Like Orange County outplayed San Diego for a, a good chunk of time. I don't think there was a, you know, outside of maybe 10, 15 minutes of the Los Dos match. I think San Diego owned that game from minute one when they scored, right. you know, all the way to the end. There's like, like I said, a brief moment, but it, you're not going to keep a team that could possibly make the playoffs like, you can't keep them down for that long. And San Diego did um, some changes. Obviously there's the, 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 the formation change uh, right. like a four back versus three back. Although um, I reached out to Nate and I talked to him a little bit about the formation, like Jack Metcalf is still, still going up a lot higher. Um, so you're still seeing some of those elements from earlier the season, like the three, five, two, three, four, two, one type of deal. Um, but you're also seeing more four four two in defense, like two banks of four, um, and that's defensively giving them a little bit more foundation. Um, and they're really working on transitional periods. And I think what you're seeing is a team that is really coming into their own transitionally. And it's really fun to watch them come out of that kind of four four two into like their attacking formations. Um, and there's times where there's like five or six guys up top now, which if you go back and watch the Phoenix match from before, um, you had like Francis at 20 up there, like literally isolated. Um, it was very much like uh, 10 guys back, one guy up. And we've changed our system a little bit um, to put more people in the offensive area. And we've signed some really talented people that are able to be a little more creative um, I, I like the Guido go from Orange County. I'm going to talk. Uh, usually a young guy just like blasts that toward the goal, but he was smart enough to take that touch and then just like more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and chip it over. And I've seen time after time after time, guys just like try to blast that in there to, to hope. But instead he's just, he was calm. He took his time and chipped it over the top. And I think that's what loyal were missing was, mm -hmm. They had good midfielders, but they didn't really have an offensive identity and creativity. Mm -hmm. And we saw that against Los Dos. We saw that again with Orange County um, with guys like Guido. I think he's the key. Uh, Rubin is great, and he's hustling out there. Brew agrees. Um, Brew's a really big Rubio Rubin fan, by the way. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I think... Um, moving Morgan Hackworth over to the wings. Cause I know Francis, Francis has been injured, but I think if you replace Morgan Hackworth with at it becomes even more offensively minded and we're playing like we saw in preseason. Right. Yeah. I mean, everything you say, you, you know more about formations than I do. So I'm going to take your word for it on that. Let's just say, if you want to <laughs> see what, what San Diego is trying to do right now, don't, uh, watch the LA game. That's what I've been told. Is the LA game is more of an idea of what or what San Diego was try is trying to do. Um, mm -hmm. 
so rewatch that we rewatch that low dose game and i think you'll start to see it's fluid it's fun it's attacking it's engaging it's what we thought loyal was at the beginning of the year yes and you know going into the oc match do you feel that the three goals uh like definitely i mean it seemed to help their confidence but it seemed like you know usually they they lose and like we kind of like reset for the next game but i feel like they really rode the wave of the new addition uh, the new additions and and um you know obviously the goals thank you for scoring more goals loyal um <laughs> Because, you know, they did it for us since we've been asking for so much, long, so long. I don't know. Like, I feel like it wasn't a matter of, okay, we we got the win. We got three points. Let's, you know, focus on the next match. It was like, we are going to focus on in on what we did. Like, how? Um, I, I think with the Orange County match, it's a different game because you're going up against a team that is, like, ignore the records right now. Like, on paper, the players on the pitch orange county is a good team and i would put orange county as a better team than la on any given day right now la is beating teams that they need to beat um and i would make an argument that orange like san diego is a little bit lucky that they didn't give up a goal on that match um mm -hmm. i i i also thought that I, I felt like it was a playoff match. And I don't know if that's just because it was the first live game I've seen since the opener against Vegas. Yeah. But just the level of intensity in the loyal players, like you can tell they were playing for everything. Whereas I felt like against Vegas, they were a little bit hesitant at times. They weren't really playing the way they should be. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, yeah, they get caught out from time to time, but Orange County is a good counterattacking team. They have some fast players, so you're going to get caught out from time to time. But John Kempen was amazing again. Um, defensively, I think they took care of business when they needed to. Um, the officiating was just awful in the first half. <laughs> like, just atrocious. Like, on both sides, too. Like, I think... Like there was some stuff going around in Orange County about a missed offside, and I don't disagree. Like watching it back, I don't disagree. I think mm -hmm. uh, there was an Olaski moment where he was called offside and he wasn't. Mm -hmm. um, the yellow card for Miguel Barry was weird. Like oh, yeah. that happened right in front of us, and nobody in the stadium knew what was going on. Like everyone yeah. was confused. The coaches yeah. were confused. The players were confused. The refs mm -hmm. had to like huddle up to figure out what happened. They is were that confused. When, is that when Landon like put like said some his potty mouth like on camera? Because like I heard some stuff and I was like everyone was tweeting about it. So that was or one was of them. The other one. <laughs> the other one was the penalty, oh, and that one yeah. was him constantly telling the fourth official like you need to help him out on this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, look, I if the John Kemen doesn't get the ball, that's a dead penalty every day of the yeah. week. But yeah. when the goalkeeper makes a play on the ball and, and hits the ball and then the player runs into him, that's never a penalty. Never. Yeah. Never a penalty. And Frederick Dew, the Orange County goalkeeper, is like shouting for a red card and then claimed he was just joking to the or to the San Diego staff. Um, oh, really? I, hmm. Oh, yeah. It was it was. Oh, it was hilarious. Um <laughs> 
it was one of those matches where Loyal was probably outplayed a little bit, but they were good enough to take care of business. And that first goal was a thing of absolute beauty. Um, mm-hmm. I want you to, like, if you haven't seen this again, I want you to watch this, and it's great. Like, Elijah Martin plays Guido in, and he puts the, like, it's it's a basic pass, but he gives him it, he gives him the ball in the right position to allow him to beat his player. And then watch Miguel Berry run uh, along the 18-yard box. And what he does is he pulls Orozco out, and Orozco actually bumps into him, like tries to, like Orozco creates contact. And Miguel Berry, this kid is so smart, he hits the deck. Like he falls over. So number one, if something doesn't happen, you might get the ref to pull that back. But what it does is now... um, so you have your two center backs. Yes. And Guido's going this way across the center backs, but Orozco steps in and bumps Miguel Berry to open up the space. And Guido yeah. just takes that space. Palmer <sighs> has to jump over Barry because Barry hits the deck. It's like, yeah. ah, like I've been fouled and slides in. But what he does <laughs> is he creates this kind of pick play. And now there's mm-hmm. this huge space that Guido just steps into. Yeah, shoots it near post, just an absolute thing of beauty. And it's not just Guido stepping that space, but it's Barry making that run. It's all of these things that you see Mm -hmm. that we haven't really been getting. We haven't been getting that second guy in. It's always been putting up to the front guy and let him kind of figure it out. Um, oh yeah, forty first minute. Just ESPN plus it up or go watch the highlights. Like it's. It's one of those moments where I just like watch it a couple times and just yeah. amazed at how smart people are to pull people off when there's no ball there. Like just the yeah. ability to move defenses around. It was great. And they kept replaying it on ESPN Plus. And I was like, oh man, like I feel like I was the first time actually like this whole season where I was like, wow. Like that was a nice little sequence where you can compare it to any of the other bigger leagues that we watch maybe more often. Um, I don't know me. I'll speak for myself, but like, you know, it's definitely something that I was like, okay, I can watch more of this, do more of that. Cause that will make it interesting to talk about. We could talk about different ways mm-hmm. that can involve other people, but you know, we hadn't seen that all season for a while. Like, good stuff like in the back and in the middle but like what there was no creativity in the front so i'm excited <laughs> yeah nice. and loyal now have three clean sheets in their last four matches um they've scored seven goals in the last three matches i mean last four two but if you but i was a nil nil san diego is starting to figure themselves out at a time that they're really going to need to figure themselves out. Um, and I was talking to scuba Steve a little bit today on Twitter. Um, and there's a couple things like, I don't want to feel like I'm like, Hey, you know, we're not going to make the playoffs. So it's a failure. There's a couple things to point out that in a regular season right now, we are sitting eighth place in the West. Uh, we are surrounded by teams like New Mexico United is, four points ahead of us with a game in hand. Uh, Los Dos is seventh. Orange County is ninth. FC Tulsa is 10th. 
Like in a regular season, Orange County it, or Orange County, San Diego, LA are all in the playoff or in the play-in games. Uh, right now, San Diego would play Orange County. Like if the season ended today and it was a regular season, San Diego would play Orange County at home in a one-game playoff to make the playoffs. The way that San Diego's been playing, the way that Orange County's been playing, I would take San Diego. Like I picked, like that's what I said last week. One nil, they're going to beat him one nil. Uh, and I said on Orange County's podcast too. Um, <laughs> but if you look at kind of big picture, yes, we're in a tough group. Yes, we of the three teams vying for that one playoff spot, LA, OC, and San Diego. Yeah, we're kind of in the worst position as far as wins, as far as points versus games played. I get all that. Big picture in a regular season in Western Conference, San Diego is a play in team. And at the beginning of the season, that's kind of where people said they should be. Yeah. Now we have a chance of kind of moving up a little bit, but we're playing the second place team in the West twice. And we're going to need to get points. Yeah. Um, do I think we can do it? Yes. Is it likely? Maybe not. But I, I think when we take a step back, if we said San Diego finishes, has a chance to finish third in our group and finishes in the you know, top 10 of the West at the beginning of the season, I think most people take that. Yeah. I mean, right now, I, you know, it sucks that like they turned this corner like the last couple matches um, so late, given mm -hmm. the, the shortened season. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm all about one game at a time, right? Like mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. said that from the beginning. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I don't, you know, I never, I don't really think I had too many expectations in terms of where they were going to end up and, Maybe I did. I, I don't remember. That was so long ago. We're on mm -hmm. episode 35, right? Or 36. Right. I don't know what number we're at. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think I've, I have see now what Landon and all the coaches have, you know, been uh, putting together for so long, you know, and really, like, driving it in everyone's brains. And luckily, you know, we now have – a couple more matches, you know, the last two obviously were really nice and enjoyable and goals and clean sheets and creativity. So I think, you know, just enjoy the next three games um, as much as we can. <laughs> and and I, I think what the, the turnaround has re solidified is that the coaching staff and the ownership are not going to settle for where they are. They're going to say, yeah we need to retool some things. We need to relook at things and they're going to make really good signings. Like look at the four people they brought in a Tarek Morad, who's been pretty good. Mm -hmm. A Miguel Berry, who's been pretty good. Alejandro Guido has been probably one of the best players in the past, uh, since the signings. A and you have Rubio Rabin, who has also been really, really good. Like he his fitness, their fitness levels aren't full 90, um, and maybe when we get there, it's going to be even better because they're a much better team when they're on the pitch. But if you look at what they were able to do, they identified four players that could make an immediate impact and they went and got them. And I think that speaks to this isn't a team that's going to be like, all right, we got our team. We're going to write it out. They're going to be like, no, we're not happy with a three game losing streak. We're not happy with I mean, we have some guys injured. We are going to 
make changes. Okay? We are going to um, identify areas of weakness and address those and fix those. And I think that's the one thing that was uh, refreshing is they're not going to rest on their laurels even in year one. They're going to go in and make those changes and bring in some names. Now, do, does that mean I think we're going to see Guido next year? Probably not. Does that mean we're going to see Rubio Rubi next year? Probably not. But for right now, like these are guys that need a chance to play, and we're going to give them that opportunity, and we're going to take advantage of what they're bringing. Um, and like I said, if you told me that Joe Greenspan would be out most of the season and we'd still only get – we'd be giving up less than a goal per match, I'd be like, I would take that. Yeah. 13 games, 13 goals, 12 goals against. Like that's a really good defensive record. Um, it's I don't think it's the best. Let me look. Who's the best? Uh, San Antonio, 11. DJ Khaled's the best. That's what it is. Is he? We the best. Don't you know? Come on. I don't. I'm, I don't know DJ Khaled very well. I know him from the Geico commercial. Sorry, that, that joke didn't land. Well, hopefully it landed. <laughs> I just know him as another and another one and another one and another one. Yeah, you got to watch his uh, Geico commercial. I look know. like I, I think in reality, like Group B is hard. And do I think that we have a chance of making the playoffs? Yes, but our backs are up against the wall, and I think we have a good opportunity to to show what we can do against Phoenix. Like we're a better team than we were the last time we played a two nil at on the road. And it's hard to compare because it's like Orange County played Phoenix way back in the day. Um, And so it's really been hard to kind of predict who would do well, except for like Reno and Sacramento, because Reno can't beat Sacramento for some reason. Um, But I I think going on the road to Phoenix to play Phoenix is going to be a tough ask. but I mean, here's the thing: like that, I feel like Phoenix already feels like they they have our card. Like they, you know, they're top of the league. Like I feel like they don't look at us. I mean, we could come in as underdogs, just because they're not familiar with the new stuff. I mean, maybe they're studying a lot. Fine, but I don't know. I I think we have a chance. There's always a chance. <laughs> yeah, the thing that's going to be tough is you kind of look at these groups like, oh, they're going to have Group B kind of sewed up, so they might rest some players, and they might rest some players uh, mm-hmm. toward the end of the season. But the problem is, is Phoenix is trying to get home matches. Phoenix does yeah. not want to go on the road to play Reno or to play San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Phoenix needs to win these games. So we're going up against a team like a normal season. It's like uh, they're going to be a home team. They might be trying to get the number one seed, and Phoenix number one seed is going to be—that's like one of their goals. But it's going to be—we lost two nil. There was some moments, even though we were playing, you know, Mo Shabani up top. Like I just want, like, go back and watch that game again, and check out the formation and think about who we were playing where. Like we were playing. Francis at 20 at the nine. We were playing Toomey and Colin kind of at two behind him. Mm-hmm. You had Elijah Martin, Charlie Adams, Carlos Alvarez, Jack Metcalf, and your three back with Sal Zizzo, who uh, is nursing an injury. Like, 
Colin Martin drifts drifts back into kind of more of a holding position, like a defensive position. And now you have Rubin, Guido, Barry, and now like um, Tumi Moshobani is now in a position to be not have to be the guy. He can be a guy. Yeah. yeah um, right. So I'm like kind of excited to see going toe to toe. I think San Diego believes in themselves. Yes. Which is something that maybe wasn't necessarily the case. Um, OC, Phoenix, Reno, those three matches, you score one goal and give up um, two, four, five, seven. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a much different loyal side. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, Phoenix is strengthened by a defender, but I mean, you kept Phoenix to two goals. Yeah. Which is pretty good. You kept Phoenix. I mean, I'm on the wrong game. Sorry. <laughs> I'm looking up stats. I was like, you kept them to two goals, which is true. And I was like, oh, only seven shots on target. That's not Phoenix. Mm-hmm. But I-, I think if you're looking at a good barometer to where Loyal is right now, this Phoenix match is very intriguing. Um, yes. Very so, intriguing. Yes. Are we doing predictions now? Uh, if we must, I've been terrible <laughs> at these recently. I know, like I pulled uh, Carson and Chris picked Sacramento, and I thought Orange County would pull off. And when they were up one nil with, with up a man, I was like, ah, see, I knew they would pull it off. And Sacramento, and then Sacramento scores two with ten men, and then they make me look like an idiot. And Carson's right again, which Carson tends to be right. Um, <sighs> On the road against Phoenix. Aye, aye, aye. I have a hard time. 2 2 draw. That's what I might. That's my prediction. What do you think? Um, oh, man. I really want to be a homer and choose loyal. <laughs> um, um, shoot. I don't know. That's a good one. I think 2 2. Wow, I'm changing it up. I think Uh-oh. 2 2. I think because they're not, it's, it's not going to be clean sheet like the last two matches, just because they're really good, like finishers. Um, but I think the new additions to, to Loyal will definitely keep, help us keep pace with them um, in terms of flow and, you know, attacking. Um, but I don't know if we have the edge to win. I hope I'm wrong. So, we'll yeah, I was, I would, at this point, <laughs> I would, I mean, Loyal plays better on the road for some reason, which is weird. But yeah. like right now, I might, like, if we can trade this game as a home game and next game on the road, I might feel better about it. Mm-hmm. But Phoenix is a tough place to go play and win. Phoenix on the road is a slightly different team. And it's unfortunate that we got Phoenix on the road twice and mm-hmm. Orange County at home. Cause I think San Diego can go to Orange County and get a result. Uh, and they did once. Mm-hmm. Phoenix, yeah. Phoenix, I think it right now is just a much different team at home than on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, they're playing, they play with much more confidence. The heat is a factor that probably doesn't bother them as much. Although, the way it is in Chula Vista right now, like who knows? <laughs> like that might not be 
that big of a deal. Um, I'm not sure we get anyone back from this match, but then again, I'm not sure we necessarily need anyone back. Maybe Francis at 20 over a Morgan Hackworth. Um, I think we have a good core. Mm-hmm. You know, Morad stepped in. Stoman's been phenomenal. Jack and Elijah have been doing Jack and Elijah things. Um, <laughs> Colin was playing out of his mind. Charlie Adams was just incredible. Like, just the amount of talking he was doing to our with our our players, but also with, <laughs> with the other team. Like, that was what cracked me up was the banter between the Orange County guys and the San Diego guys, especially how the last game ended with Kiernan get, trying to get under this guy's skin. And mm-hmm. uh, someone asked that question they asked on Orange County's podcast. Rob Kiernan was asked, Alan said that you were trying to get under Charlie Adams' skin, and his answer was 200% correct. That is 200% correct. And it's like you can tell that they just are trying to like egg each other on. And I don't necessarily know if that's just them or like Charlie Adams knows a lot of those guys pretty well. Cause he played with orange County. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was some of it, but just the banter back and forth. That was soft. No, uh, no, that wasn't soft. That wasn't a foul. What do you want him to do? Uh, <laughs> and just the banter back and forth was hilarious, but like Charlie Adams and Jack Metcalf, I think have been, like watching them play and talk to each other on the pitch where it was, was great. Um, it was great. I think Charlie Adams was the captain of this one, um, this past match and um, well-deserved. I think he's kind of this guy who sits in the middle. And again, just like defenders, these guys who kind of play these holding midfield roles probably don't get the love that most guys get um, because they're, they're playing in this, like, I don't want to say this, like a dirtier area, but it's not like they're scoring goals all that often. So they're not going to get those highlight reels uh, except for the first goal. But I mean, you need those guys in the middle to shut some stuff down, to communicate, to be that connection from the back line to the attacking Mm -hmm. uh, players. And Charlie's always been that, and now he has guys that he can play in. Elijah has guys that they can play in. Jack has guys that they can play in. Like, it's... It was absolutely amazing. And Tony said it on Two Balls and a Mic. Like, just the level of intensity that Loyal's playing with right now is they believe that they're a playoff team, and they Mm -hmm. believe that they can beat anybody. And right now, I would take Loyal to go and and beat pretty much any team in the West if they really believed in themselves. Yeah, I think um, we see that definitely and in all aspects of the pitch. Like, I don't know I saw that up until two matches ago. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's nice to see as a fan and be able to enjoy and have confidence in the fact that, you know, they're going to finish or there is going to be creativity. Like I said, at the front, you know, so. And there seems to be like a camaraderie around the team that has been building. Like, so to point out kind of the, during a hydration break, if you look at the two teams, like orange County was kind of spread out. They're Mm -hmm. getting their water. A couple of people are talking. You look Mm -hmm. at loyal and they were all huddled together. 
And yeah. like Nate's in there going, all right, this and this and this and this. And then Landon throws in a couple things and they're like, everyone's together. Like everyone, some yeah. of the subs are there, all the starting 11 and they're just huddled around and, you know, they go through what they need to go through. They talk about how they're playing and who needs to move where and where the weaknesses are. And then they're going back on the pitch and they're like so positive with each other. And like, I'm getting a little bit of goosebumpy just thinking about <laughs> the difference of feeling on the pitch. Just the attitude of the players was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and then after the match was over, it was like celebratory and hoots and hollers and just ecstatic. And I think the guys really like playing here and they like playing for each other. And I will take that over a team that wins a bunch of games and are is soulless. All of the Dodgers. Yeah. I am uh, I'm very jealous of you because I've been to so many matches <laughs> and I didn't I saw that I saw the camaraderie in terms of you know in the water breaks and all that um, but I didn't get to celebrate a win like that um, so hopefully I'll be able to see one later this month um I don't think either of the Quins would listen to this podcast, but I was telling Marissa this story is I was talking to uh, I was talking to Aiden Quinn's dad after the match before I realized I was talking to Aiden Quinn's dad after the match. Um, and I think San Diego took advantage of a down Orange County side. I was just like, yeah, they can't score. I think that the goal, the save and the Elijah Martin block, I think if everything's going well, that ball manages to find its way in the net. But the one that landed to Akoli and he just pushed it wide to the left. Um, Orange County now reminds me of San Diego a couple matches ago where it was just like nothing was going right and nothing was going in. And I was saying this to him and then I realized who I was saying it to afterwards. I was like, I recognize him from somewhere, but it's like one of those things like everyone has masks on. So like they have hair and eyes and you're trying to figure out where you've seen those hair and eyes before. And it was just like, ah, you know, Orange County is, you know, snake bit and they just can't score goals right now. And it's kind of unfortunate for them. You know, they're a talented team. They just can't score. And then I'm like, I was like oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I was like, oh, he's going to go Orange County because that's eight, eight and quits dad. <laughs> Oopsies. Uh, oh well. well I'm out. Listening. I mean, oh well. In 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 my defense, I don't think I was saying anything that was untrue. It wasn't like I was like talking smack thinking I was like, hey, yeah, or Cody sucks. Aiden Quinn's a terrible player. No. Um, I did not say that because I would never say that about Aiden Quinn. Um, because he would blast me on Orange and Black Soccer Cast and on Twitter all the time. Um yeah. The other big game happening on Friday is Orange County Vegas. Um, this does have some playoff implications for San Diego. Um, they are playing at home in Orange County. Um, do you have a you have a feeling about this game at all, Marissa, or is it no feeling? Um, Fair enough. I'm. You know, I have a, a. I want Las Vegas to win. Is that weird? But no. No, that's it's weird. As a San Diegan, as a San Diego loyal fan, that's the correct response that you want Vegas to win. Yeah. Um, well, I knew that. I'm just like, I just don't like to be like, say another team win. Like, I want them to win. Like, I don't want, you know, I'm not that type of person. I don't know. It's weird. Um, sure, I'll root for them. Yeah, whatever. 
But yeah, what about you? I mean, I know you are very intertwined in OC, but we know where your loyalty lies. So as a San Diego fan, I really, I'm totally telling Aiden Quinn on Friday, please, oh God, freaking, <laughs> oh, I've learned, oh, oh, oh. Um, as a San Diego fan, I, 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 you want Vegas to win to give San Diego a chance. Yeah. But I don't want LA to make the playoffs. Like, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. Los Dos is not the team that deserves to make the playoffs. Um, but no. Um, yeah. Please don't tell Aiden Quinn. Um, What's the no. worst that can happen? Don't worry about it. Nah, it's fine. He he knows how much I adore him as a player. I I did say <laughs> we were interviewing him, and I did say. Hey, as like a more veteran player, he goes, is that a nice way of saying that I'm like a journeyman? (laughs) No, no, totally not a journeyman. Totally not a journeyman. I did just watch you score a penalty kick as an FC Cincinnati player way back in the day, but not a journeyman. Um, I I think if San Diego wants to make the playoffs, Orange County needs to not get a result in that match. I hate fun. Um, (laughs) Wow, they're roasting you today. <laughs> like both Vegas and Orange County are like n- not playing well right now. And so I have no idea what's going to happen. Like Orange County could go off and score two or three goals and be fine. Las Vegas can go out to a till new lead and then two new lead and then give it up to Los Dos for three, uh, three goals, which freak you Las Vegas. Couldn't you just stop one of those? Um, I, I think on the road, it, it being in Orange County, I tend to to favor Orange County. I think Vegas on the yeah. road plays a little bit less dangerous than Vegas at home. Um, on three days rest, um, I think is another thing that's uh, going to complicate things. Orange County played on Sunday, and they're going to play again on Saturday. Um, Los Dos are by far the most enjoyable team to watch out of the three. Um I think over the course of the season, Carson, that's correct. I think over the past two games, I would much rather watch Loyal than Los Dos. But yeah, as far as like a neutral, you want Los Dos to make it because they are the most unpredictable team. They're going to score five goals or they're going to give up five goals. And it might be in the same game. Who knows? It isn't in, as a as a as a as a non-group B member. If I was in a different group, yeah, Los Dos, buy, bring them on. They're fun. They're chaos. They're like a better version of Vegas. Like they, it's just chaos. Like you have no idea who's going to show up. There's these kids that are either going to do amazing things or they're going to do amazing things and lose. Um, <laughs> I, but I, I don't root for LA anytime. I don't right. care. And and Car- right as as a as a San Diego sports supporter, you just can't root for any LA team. You just can't. Yeah. It's against the rules. Possible. You're not allowed to. It's like saying uh, anarchy. It is <laughs> Los Dos anarchy. I don't think there's any way. Uh, that's the best way to, to sum up Los Dos this season. Um, I, I think as a, as a San Diego sports fan, you have to hate L.A. And as a city, I just dislike L.A. as a city. Like I don't like going there. I don't like being there. I know that there's phenomenal things there. I know wh- whatever. But <laughs> I think you're right. I think... Um, I would I would rather see a Orange County Phoenix Group A B final than an or than a LA Phoenix Group uh, 
that half of the bracket. Um, I think it's for Sacramento and, or- and for Reno, I think it's a little bit more interesting matchup with Orange County over LA. I think San Diego is a more interesting match that way. But if you want chaos and you want anarchy and you're a, a neutral, you're probably wanting um, you're probably wanting Vegas to win this one too. Like I think everybody but Orange County wants Vegas to win just for chaos. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, it's weird. It's weird. It's like, like that's kind of it until next week. Yeah. And then, so our, our, the loyal next the le- next loyal match I can't even speak right um, is on Wednesday. So mm-hmm. we're probably gonna have a podcast on Tuesday, if possible. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're probably gonna have to go Tuesday because we have Los Dos on the road, and then our next game after that is another Wednesday. Yeah. Um, and then we're we have to wait. We have to see, like, Orange County plays again. Los Dos plays Phoenix again on that next Saturday. So San Diego is going to have to get results against Phoenix, BLA, and then just hope. And yeah. if there's one thing that San, Di- San Diegans are good at, it's hoping. <laughs> we have lots of practice in hoping. Um, I'm more about faith than hope. True, true. That is true. There's They will – we will – we will pull through, but that's, I think it's a better way of putting it is uh, to shout out the San, first San Diego podcast sports podcast. I listened to the kept faith. Yes. Um, yeah. We just got to keep the faith. Um, and, and I think regardless of where we end up, um, the joy that this team has bought, brought this season, uh, the level of play that we've had throughout the season, not all the time, but in, in pockets, um, and I think if they beat LA and get some points against Phoenix and end up, even if they end up third, I think it's a successful season for San Diego, successful season for loyal. Um, and I have faith yes. that they can get a result against Phoenix. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll see what happens Saturday night, seven 30 uh, local time. Pacific time. I think yeah. they're on the same time zone as us now. I don't know. I don't Who know. knows? Arizona's weird. They're weird <laughs> out there. Uh, yeah. There's so like some of the people, but the whole time change thing, it's just weird. Like <laughs> Arizona is just weird. <laughs> oh, so, is yeah. New Me- so is New Mexico. I'm not playing favorites. So is New Mexico. New Mexico's weird too. Utah, weird too. It should just be California, Colorado. Just cut all that stuff out. Oh, um, is it Portland that keeps it weird or Austin? I, I think know. all of them. Anytime you have gentrification with like white <laughs> hipsters, it's always keep some that that place weird. That's their excuse. I'll be there um, next week, so we'll see how it goes. Portland or Austin? Austin. Austin. I've never been to Austin. I want to go. I've okay. been to Portland. That was kind of fun. Yeah. So, but, I mean, look at me. I look like I fit in in Portland. Yeah, I think you would fit in in Austin too. Probably, but it's in Texas. I'm not a big fan of Texas. No offense. If Harry's listening, no offense. <laughs> I love That's Harry. Probably that one town you could be in, though, in Austin, because it's very. Everyone I've heard told, told they said that it's very reminiscent of like San Diego. Mm. Yeah, I had some family in El Paso once. Visited there a few times. Weird place, but I have a little soft spot for El Paso. So every yeah. time El Paso does something good, I'm like, yay! And then my grandma lives in New Mexico, so every time they do something well, I'm like, yay, grandma! 
<laughs> That's nice. I'm more like, oh, who don't, what? Oh, I like Canada stuff and mm, Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Canada, way better like, national anthem. Way better national anthem. Well, and they're also handling COVID pretty good. So, yeah, it's a little bit colder there. I want to get to Vancouver at some point. I don't think I, I've yeah. never been to Canada. I've been to Washington, but never Canada. I'll take you. The Next same. time we can cross the border, they're not letting us in. So I don't blame them. I don't blame them. I've seen Twitter. I wouldn't let me in either. Um, <laughs> speaking of social media, where can we find you? You can find me at hashtag Marissa on Instagram and Twitter. What about you, Alan? You can find me on the social medias. Well, mostly Twitter because that's where I live. Uh, at a Underwood forty eight on the Twitter machines. Uh, you can come at me for all my terrible takes. Uh, Aiden Quinn already knows where to poop talk me if he needs to, Chad. Uh, and thank you, those of you who are listening along uh, and your comments. Carson, it's always a blast to have you in the comment section. Chad, sorry for yelling at you yesterday. Um, hopefully we're <laughs> fine. Um, and uh, we will talk to you after a very exciting weekend in Group B. Goodbye. Deuces. This and every episode is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. You can find other podcasts on bgn.fm. The Fairweather Podcast is also sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create a kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at icarusfc.com.